Awakened Parenting. I'm your host, Jill McPherson, parenting consultant, mother of four, and teacher, here to answer your parenting questions. On today's show, I'm going to be talking about ways to build positive relationships between your children. So if you want insight and tips on how to foster a positive relationship between your children, then you'll want to listen in to today's episode of Awakened Parenting. The idea for this episode came to me after I recently posted on Facebook a picture of my four children sitting around the fire pit, talking, laughing, and discussing their plans for the future. I was on my way to bed when I saw them sitting out there together. Even though I was extremely tired, I knew I was witnessing an important moment that would pass in the blink of an eye. So I grabbed my robe, took a deep breath, inviting more energy into my body, and headed outside to join them. I made an attempt to do what I try so often to do now that they're teenagers. I made a point to spend most of my time listening. I made a comment below the post that said, I have spent a lot of conscious effort on myself over the past 20 years to foster this moment. After all, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. So I do what I can to take care of their mama so their mama can take care of them. Of course, I cannot take full credit for their personalities and the positive relationship between them. There have been many other factors over the years that have contributed to this, of course. However, in this podcast, I want to address the part that I do have control over, taking care of their mama. What do I mean by that? I'm guessing for most people, something might come to mind like making sure I get regular pampering treatments like my haircut or meeting up for lunch with a friend yoga classes, or perhaps regular date nights with my husband. Yes, these are important. However, the self-care I'm talking about is far more internal than external. I would suggest that one of the biggest factors that has contributed to the overall mental health and well-being of my children is the work I have done addressing my own struggles and healing of past mental and emotional wounds. The work I have done on my own mental health has benefited them greatly. The term mental health is far more widely used and accepted, yet we still have a long way to go to understand the importance of creating and maintaining our own mental health throughout our lives. I've heard people tell me that they are struggling with their mental health or that they've been diagnosed by a professional or self-diagnosed as having depression or anxiety. My belief is that if we have a mind, we have mental health issues to manage. Of course, there are many outside factors that contribute to the severity of our mental health challenges, yet regardless, we all need to take conscious effort to manage our own mental health. Just like our bodies, we all have our physical health to manage, and if over time we don't make a point of taking care of them, eventually our bodies let us know. As I approach 50, I can start to see evidence of people who have taken care of themselves physically and people who have not. The same principles for physical health apply to mental health. I have a video on my YouTube channel where I speak about this. It's called The Power of the Mind. I will share the link below the podcast on my website, or you can Google Jill McPherson on YouTube and my channel will come up. I share an analogy that I also share in my parenting workshops. I compare our minds like a horse 
I will often explain it something like this. Everyone is given a horse, but not all of us take care of the horse in the same way. I might put mine in a pen and I water it and feed it when I can, but I'm busy, very busy, and I certainly don't try to put a saddle on it or ride it. It's too wild. In fact, over the years, it has gotten so wild that sometimes I have to medicate it just so it's calm enough for me to sleep at night. Perhaps you decided to feed your horse healthy food, make time for it, train it, and now over the years, I see you riding your horse. It stops when you say stop and it goes when you say go. You can even do tricks with it. I could see you with your trained horse as lucky. We could call it lucky. But that would depend on how we define luck. Personally, I have an issue with the word luck because it often implies that there are outside factors beyond our control creating ours and others' circumstances. If that is the case, if we see the world continually through the idea of luck, then it can often justify us or others to remain stuck because it suggests there are circumstances beyond our control that will determine if we can or how well we can, in this case, train our horse. Yes, no doubt, continuing with my horse training analogy, we know we are not all born into the same circumstances. For instance, some of us are born into families who already have good horse training techniques and skills established, so we just follow their lead, while some of us were born into families who weren't even aware they owned a horse to train. They might not even be aware of the effect their untrained horse is having on their day-to-day -day lives. Life is tough and it has nothing to do with themselves. It is all out there, or so it may appear to some. It is also clear that some of us are born with more resources and money for self-care and mind training, and some of us are surrounded by people who have sought out or have been educated and trained in mental health. To all of this, I would completely agree. However, for those of us who are starting to see the connection between their mental health and state of their lives, I would suggest where there's a will, there's a way. When we set the intention that we want to find ways to maintain a healthier mind, when we want to start training the wild horse that stops us from participating in important events in our lives, from taking the promotion, when the wild horse hinders our relationships or keeps us up at night, when we're ready to and deeply desire change, the way will appear. I remember when I started to notice people who seemed overall happy and healthy and who seemed to handle stressful situations well. I instantly got curious. I started wondering how could they manage so well while others couldn't, particularly compared to others who had gone through similar circumstances. I wanted to know what they knew. So I set the intention, seek and you shall find. And as soon as I did, I began to be exposed to many resources, people and events who could help me answer my questions. I read books, watched videos, listened to podcasts, went to workshops, retreats, I attended speaking events. I discovered mentors and counselors. It was incredible how amazing people came into my life at the perfect time to teach me an important skill or offer me a perception that helped alleviate my struggles immensely. My circumstances didn't change, 
Nobody suddenly apologized, or I wasn't able to turn back the clock to change a painful story of the past. What changed was the way I saw and interpreted my world. How does one do that? How can we change our thinking to rescue us from our own mind? I remember in 2008 taking a workshop by Jennifer Huff called Get Out of Your Own Way. In a nutshell, she helped us to do some serious mental inventory. I remember at times feeling like my head was going to explode as she invited us to examine our beliefs and the impact they were having on our lives. She did not tell us what to believe. She was not suggesting she knew what was right or wrong or true. She just simply helped us to make a connection between our beliefs and what we were experiencing and how we were perceiving our world. In my online parenting workshop, I now lead parents through several ways they can do the same thing. During one of my parenting workshop evenings, I had a parent experience a huge aha moment after teaching a skill that they can use to do some mental house cleaning. At the end of the workshop, she said, wow, and I thought this was all just about my kids. Yes, I said, it's pretty amazing and miraculous when we realize that our kids are not the cause of our suffering. They are simply triggers. We can use our triggering moments to blame them or we can use our triggering moments to get curious and investigate what's really going on within ourselves. Of course, that doesn't mean we stop parenting. It just means our parenting will be far more effective if we parent from a place of deep self-awareness and emotional responsibility than from the perception that our upset and distress is our child's fault. So what does all this have to do with your children getting along with each other? Well, simply, when we as parents learn how to manage challenging situations and people in our lives, when we learn how to schedule in consistent mental health practices into our lives, when we learn how to create beliefs and perceptions that allow us to be empathetic and loving towards others, even when they're not being loving towards us, when we learn how to be kind and loving to ourselves so we can be kind and loving to others, it impacts our children immensely. Our children are listening and watching to everything we do. If we want them to have kind and loving relationships with each other, then we need to teach them how. But we can't teach them until we learn how to do that ourselves. Not too long ago, I wrote a blog entitled, We Parent the Way We Were Parented Unless We Choose Otherwise. It addresses the fact that unless we make an effort to make changes to do the things that were less than ideal when we were kids, the cycle continues. I know our parents were just like us, doing the best they could with what they had. As parents, we all love our children. We just show it in different ways based on what we experienced and were taught as a child about what love looks like and how it is shown. My experience is, when we're struggling as parents, it is far more about our own struggles within. The struggles within ourselves show up in our relationships, whether they are the relationships we have with our children or any other relationships. They are all invitations to look inward to wonder why this situation or circumstance is bothering us. What is really going on here? We can ask ourselves, what beliefs do I have about the situation 
that could be contributing to my parenting challenge, like my children not getting along with each other. If your children are struggling to get along, if this is your parenting challenge, then may I offer you a few tips. First of all, remember, sibling conflict is not a bad thing. It is an opportunity for them to build positive relationship skills. My number one goal I have when my kids are fighting is to help them hear each other. Remember, all conflict is over strategies. We are all seeking ways to get our needs met, and when we are in conflict with another, it is a conflict over differences in strategies. For example, one child may have a need for recognition and uses a strategy like teasing a sibling or taking a toy in order to get his or her need met. Your other child may have a need for respect and yells at the other something like, you can't take my things without asking. By the way, this comes from the work of Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of Nonviolent Communication. I teach his work and communication skills extensively in my online parenting workshops. When my kids are struggling to get along, I often make a point of spending individual time with each of them, particularly the instigator of the conflict. I will often invite that child to share what is bothering them about a sibling. After a lot of listening, if it feels helpful, I might ask them if they want some tips on how to handle the triggering situation with his or her sibling. Basically, I coach them by first inviting them to get curious about why their sibling is acting that way. I invite them to see the other empathetically and compassionately, not to make excuses for them, and then I guide them to get curious over why they might be so triggered. In other words, taking emotional responsibility for their own upset. The goal is not to blame themselves, but to feel empowered over how he or she can feel good no matter what a sibling is doing or not doing and how the conflict might be avoided in the future. Perhaps choose a different strategy? Something I used to do a fair bit when they were younger is adjust my dinner question according to the needs I saw happening in my family. For instance, if I saw one of them being particularly upset or grumpy with another, I might say something like, my dinner question tonight is, what do you love about the person to your left? Knowing that the person to the left was going to be receiving a compliment who really needed to hear something kind, particularly from that sibling. Or I would ask what was good about your day, and my answer would address something I saw or experienced with my child who seemed to be emotionally in need. My final tip is noticing how you end your day with your children. As teens and young adults, my children no longer need me to help them with their bedtime routines or tuck-ins. However, in many ways, I still have a bedtime routine. I often spend my evenings before I go to bed going to their rooms to say goodnight and in the process, just checking in to see how they're doing. Just by hearing them say the words goodnight or just by making eye contact with them will often inform me if they're struggling in any way and are in need of some support. Most often, all they need is a listening ear. It's not unusual for me to go to bed late because I was in someone's room listening to worries, upsets, or deep thoughts. Sometimes I share my ideas or experiences. However, I am amazed how quickly they are back on level mental ground again just by me listening. As I listen, 
It's like I get to witness them training their own horse. I often see them go from being on the ground believing they can never get up to dusting themselves off and jumping mentally back on their horse and then giving a little smile. In their own way, they give me a signal that says, thanks mom, it's okay, I got this, and off they ride. We all keep having conflicts and painful mental moments. That is part of the human experience. We can use our conflicts to build up anger and resentment, or we can use conflict to keep going within and train our mental horse. As within, so without. So if you want to foster healthy relationships between your children, start by making a conscious effort to keep your relationships healthy, especially the one with yourself. In the process, role model and explicitly teach your children ways to create daily mental wellness practices. And if all else fails, when you find yourself in one of those challenging moments when it's so hard to remember or implement any parenting strategy you may have learned, remember, always start by taking a deep breath and listening. If you are looking for support in finding ways to bring more peace into your life as a parent, then be sure to reach out to me at jillmcpherson.com. My parenting workshops will return in the fall. In the meantime, for July and August, every Monday night from 7.30 to 8, I will be on Zoom, available to answer your parenting questions. This will be a free session to anyone who wants to join. Just email me at jillmcphersonyes at gmail.com to receive the Zoom link. I'm still offering one-to-one parenting consulting sessions for anyone who would like individual support over the summer. I also want to share that this is the final episode of the first season of my Awakened Parenting Podcast. Last summer, I set a personal and professional goal for myself to start a podcast. I am so proud of the 20 episodes I published this past year. I am also so grateful to Colin Simmons, my website and tech support expert, as well as to all my guests who joined me this season to share their expertise. I want to thank my kids for being my greatest spiritual teachers and allowing me to share their stories on this podcast. And also to my husband, Scott, who's been a wonderful support through all of this, as he knows how important it is for me to fulfill my passion of supporting parents do the most important job they'll ever do. In the meantime, If you have a topic or idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who would make a great guest on the show, please let me know at jillmcpherson.com. Until then, this is Jill McPherson inviting you to join me in awakening to a more peaceful way to parent on Awakened Parenting.